this is episode 12 of Audition Notes. Hello and welcome to Audition Notes with Nick and Mark. That's right. You're Nick. I am. And I'm Mark. You are. And today, Haley, what are we asking? Ask the question, Haley. Ask the question. Can I afford to go to drama school? Well, another fantastic question. Another fantastic question. Relevant. Relevant and very important. Very important. I see it a lot on Facebook. I wrote a blog about it recently. Um, I see a lot of people saying, you know, that's very nice, but I can't afford drama school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes a bit unclear, as you, you kind of pointed out when we were just chatting uh, earlier. You know, do they mean like, you know, can they afford it at all or can they afford, can't afford to live there? Or No, it's the whole thing, I guess, right? Yeah, I think the whole thing. And I think people do have the idea that, you know, uh, I think they have it about university too, that like only people with money can go to drama school because um, they will be absolutely saddled with debt uh, when they when they finish the course. Um, and, you know, drama school isn't cheap. It's what, it's... It's really expensive. At the moment, around £30,000 in tuition fees for the three years. I mean, just a little less than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus living wherever your course is. Clearly, you know, Wales, Scotland, they are cheaper than the London courses, but most of the courses are in central London or thereabouts. And you're not even guaranteed a job when you're done. Right, so it's not like uh, going to university and studying uh, medicine, where as long as you do the work uh, and come out with a good degree, you're going on to a career in medicine somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a bit of a kind of... Uh, it's always It's always going to be a punt, because... Like all things in the arts, it's it's a it's a it's an investment and a bet on yourself. Isn't well, it's it? not a question of whether you should do it. Uh, uh, I mean, it depends what your values and principles are and what your you know what your dreams are. If you can do something else, if you can go and study um, uh, medicine at uh, medicine school, that doesn't sound right. Medical school. Medical school. Yes. See. Clearly, I didn't go there. If you can go to medical school or, or law school, you should probably do it. Um, but the question is, what do you do if you can't because you want to do this other thing called acting instead? Then you need to get training. So, yes. you know, if it's important to you, you've got to find a way to make it work. However, the fact that you train and um, don't even get a job at the end of it is, in a weird way, kind of good news. Is it? Yeah. Why is that? Because if you're not earning the money... Ah, yes. Right? If you don't come out and you're not earning over 20-something thousand pounds, I'll get the stats up in a minute. 27, I think it is. 27, now. yeah. Uh, then you don't have to pay back um, your loan. Yeah, let's be really clear. So, um, if you go to grammar school and it's a degree course or it's an approved course which has um, specific... Uh, criteria so most big drama school BA courses yep. will uh, be covered by this because they're mostly uh, underwritten by uh, universities absolutely and you're a student uh, uh, from England Wales Scotland or Northern Ireland uh, you will probably get a um, a loan if you'll get a student loan um, there are two parts to that there's a kind of part to pay your fees which you kind of don't have anything to do with, and then there's a part on which you get some money to live. Um, so let's just say that you go to drama school, you pay for all that, 
they pay for it all, 27 grand or 30 grand or whatever it is, and then they give you some money to live on for the three years, and you never make more than 27,000 pounds as an actor, which as a jobbing actor is absolutely possible, absolutely possible that you're just jobbing away, doing theatre or doing small jobs and you don't break the 27,000, you will pay absolutely nothing back. Not one penny as of this moment. Yeah, as of the 6th of April. The, actually, the 6th of April, because things are changing slightly. Yeah, slightly. it's actually getting, getting better. better for you, right? Yes. Um, so, so let's say you get a bit of a pay rise and you actually, the next year, you earn £30,000. Right now, you would pay £67 back a month, but actually as of the 6th of April, you'll pay just £37 a month back. Now, let's imagine... What do we say? Let's say let's say sixty thousand pounds. Let's say you took a loan for ten thousand pounds a year. I don't. I think I think it's less than that. But ten thousand pounds a year, and then twenty seven thousand pounds of fees. Mm-hmm. So you you've borrowed almost sixty thousand pounds. Okay, and well, let's be clear. You earned twenty six thousand nine hundred ninety nine pounds. In the last year, and that's that's from all income. That's from all income, income. So yeah. That, I mean, if you're acting, you're acting work and whatever else you're doing as well. Sure, you're going to pay zero. Mm-hmm. So if you just earn thirty thousand pounds for the rest of your life, or thirty years, because that's the life of a student loan, um, you will pay back nothing. Uh, slightly differently, then. If you borrow £60,000 and you earn £30,000 a year, you're going to pay back £37 a month. Now, how much do we work that out as? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, because yeah, I think you said a minute ago £30,000 and you meant, you meant the, the, the £25,000 figure. It doesn't matter. So £30,000, let's say, which is a decent decent. Yeah, you, so you borrowed £60,000 yeah. and you're earning £30,000 a year, which, which is a reasonable income. Well, it's above the UK national average. Okay, it's above the UK national average. Right, so if you're earning above the UK national average income of £30,000, um, from the 6th of April, you'll pay £37 a month only. So £37 a month times by 12 months, that's £444. You'll pay £444 a year. A year. Now, let's say that you pay that for 30 years. Yeah, so times 30. So you'll actually end up paying back £13,220. Which means that the government are going to forgive you... Uh, I've now lost all my math skills. <laughs> <laughs> the, the rest. The rest. Yeah. The remainder. Uh, they're going to forgive you the entire rest of what you borrowed. Yeah, and how, lo- how, how lucky are we that we, li- we, we have a system that, that enables us to do that. I think, you know, we, we, we talk a lot of... Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff on social media. Uh, we, we, it's easy to talk about the negative things, but actually this is... This is a real great opportunity that you guys have to go out there and um, pursue that actor training on a, on a three-year course. And I don't know if it's going to lead to you having a career as an actor or not. Um, I don't have a crystal ball. If I did, I'd be a millionaire. Um, however, what I do know is that it's going to change your life forever. So it doesn't matter what you do for the rest of your life. Hopefully it's acting, but it might be directing, it might be writing, it might be choreography, it might be all kinds of things connected to the arts. Well, you might, you might, or you, you might leave. Or you, you might decide to be a lawyer, 
or a, or a doctor um, at the end of all of that. But those three years are going to make you a better lawyer, doctor, director, writer, whatever it is. Absolutely. So it's, 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 a, it's a brilliant use of your time, actually. I think people have to come from this that you're not going to be crippled by debt. It's not the American system mm-hmm. where you're coming out with a BFA in acting and $200,000 of debt, which you know, can't be written off. Student loans in America can't be written off. So if you're bankrupt, you, you're still going to have to pay them. Mm-hmm. What's different about a student loan in the UK is it doesn't appear on your credit file. It isn't that kind of credit. It's a completely separate kind of agreement. So let's say you still get into trouble. You can't afford to pay that back for some reason. And you're struggling with your finances because you've got other uh, responsibilities, financial, you might have a baby, you might have a mortgage, all sorts of things. Say that all goes wrong. Well, that's still not going to mess up your credit future. I mean, the best thing to do is give them a ring and say, look, I'm, I'm struggling. What, what's the easiest thing to do in, you know, in that situation? Um, but it's not going to stop you buying a house because it's not going to be on your credit file. And well, I think people do worry about things like it's that. It's funny, actually, because I think uh, it, it's particularly post-austerity um, because of what happened with the financial crisis and the banks. You know, it's easy to be... Um, to be risk averse, so we want to avoid debt. Let me just be clear, avoiding debt is a great idea. But in terms of safe forms of debt or safer forms of debt, it doesn't come much safer than this way of doing it. And, um, you know, there are there are some people that say, oh, I don't believe, I, 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 think, I don't think you should have to borrow money to do anything. Well, that, then you would never buy a house because you'd, you'd actually, house, you'd most, most people don't own their houses, right? Absolutely. The bank owns the house. You're just paying them every month for the next 25 to 30 years. And you, you said this, it's not the best thing in the world, right? But, but an, a quality education has become, I'm not going to say a luxury, but it's become a very expensive commodity in the UK particularly, right? We were used to free education and that's why we feel the bite of this. Yeah. You know, my first couple of years at uni were essentially free and the rest of it, um, you know, it kind of changed. Um, but I think the truth of it now is that if you're going to go and do... Look, let's be really clear, right? I said this in the blog and I really believe it. We know this from running our full-time course. Drama courses are expensive to run if you're doing them well, right? They're easy if you're doing them cheaply, sticking everybody in a room and making them do games and exercises while you sit in a room drinking coffee, right? And updating your Facebook page. I did a good job. Well, yeah, maybe you should have gone for one. (laughs) (laughs) What, instead of being at the studio for 12 hours a day? You mean I could have done that? 100 hours a day. Oh, my goodness. Um, And... uh, well, you know, it's, it's expensive. We know that we spend a lot. I mean, we're not driving Porsches, right? We have a, we're running a private acting course, a full-time course that helps people get the skills and experience and knowledge and, and spotlight uh, membership to, to go into the industry. We're offering what we think is a really amazing product. And it's expensive to run. So uh, our students currently pay next year, 2020, they're paying uh, £7,800 for the year. And unfortunately, our students right now, as we speak, we're trying to change this, mm-hmm. um, are not entitled to any funding from the government. So that's kind of, 
difficult when we compare it to what we're talking about. Yeah, so yeah. just to put that into context, because I know that some people say, oh, you know, it's, it's a lot of money and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, um, our students on a full-time diploma, they get to perform at the Edinburgh Fringe. They do a full run, three weeks there. So I'm just look, thinking back now. Uh, one 50-minute slot at a decent-ish venue costs somewhere in the region of £2,250 plus VAT. Plus VAT. 20% on that, so that's another like £2,600-£700 for a one 50-minute slot uh, at Edinburgh Fringe. And we, uh, last year we did two shows, this year we did three student shows. So and the staff show. And the staff show, thank you very much. So we'll put We'll put uh, ourselves on the line for your pleasure. Um, yeah, so you can see straight away, and that doesn't—that's—that's that's none of the other costs of mounting the production. You know, props, costume, that kind of thing. Um, sometimes rehearsal space if you've got if you yes, need to do not combat. Paying for director, it's not paying exactly. For, exactly, um, it, they're hugely uh, expensive, which is why. Um, which is why some colleges try to get rid of their drama courses because they're ex- expensive to run. Um, yep. and, and you know they didn't like what they weren't bringing enough back it's why a lot of places don't do combat anymore um, we had, a, we had a, a, a casting director come to um, do a mock audition with our students last year and one of the things they said when we were talking about the course was this wow you, you, you have full stage combat certification yeah because that, 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 it's really important everything you see on, on, on Netflix has got some kind of button piece of violence in it um, of course of course we do wow that's that's really cool uh, they said because it just doesn't happen as much you know why because it's kind of expensive to do um, it is what well, we know and we're not going to go into the details now but like it's expensive when we said that you know that renting one space for 50 minutes was 2,700 pounds well, in comparison to the cost of stage combat, that's not expensive. Um, so it costs a lot of money. Uh, we know because we run a private course which isn't funded by the government. Yeah. These big drama schools are all funded dually. Right? It's what a lot of people don't understand. You pay tuition fees and the government gives a per head funding mm-hmm. to that school as well. As well. So they're sitting pretty... Uh, financially oh to have those resources oh to have so any of those resources. L- listen there's, there's two sides of it okay so there's going to drama school there's, there's the cost of the course itself right and I accept uh, hopefully we've we've encouraged people to consider that to be a less frightening prospect it's less frightening and, you know we're not encouraging people to get into any old debt we're talking about a very specific yeah. uh, way to get into drama that school that has a sort of manageable affordable right, framework absolutely. in which you know if you don't earn it you don't pay it and that's the way it goes at the moment at least um, then there's the living cost side of it right well yeah that's tough especially if you are of the opinion that the only drama school to go to is in London because automatically you're going to probably be paying and I'm making this figure up double the amount of some places in terms of um, cost of living and accommodation and that kind of thing so what do you do then? I think a lot of people don't realise that there are trusts and charities uh, out there that could support you, right? Um, I'm not saying they will. Um, you've got to do your research. There are hundreds of trusts and charities that support the arts and support individuals, uh, 
learning and progression in the art. If it's still available, and any of you happen to be from the county of Leicestershire, because that's where Nick and I are both from originally, yep. um, to go to drama school, I got a very useful... I got a loan to go to drama school, but not from a bank. I got a loan from a charity called the Harry James Riddleston Charity of Leicester, uh, which was interested in helping people make career changes, uh, you know, advance themselves. Uh, that was a £10,000 interest-free loan with a 10-year hiatus before it was going to be paid back. So I got to go to drama school. I got to pay for it with some of the money that they... I think maybe it wasn't 10000 It was a little less than that, actually. Um, um, but very, very helpful. There are other charities out there doing that thing. I went to, an yeah. inter- I went, I, you know, I put an application in. I went to an interview. It was a bit nerve wracking. I was very fortunate that they supported my cause and they gave me uh, an interest-free loan. Now, I'm not saying I want you to get into even more debt, but there are opportunities, is what we're talking yeah, about. And, it, and it's not always it's not always a loan. Sometimes it's it's a it's a it's a gift, and it might be a small amount, but that small amount might make the difference for you. Uh, what I would say is, if you're going to go looking for those trusts and charities, really read them, uh, yeah, what absolutely. they're looking for, because it's usually quite often it's a trust who that goes back for quite a length of time, perhaps the original person has died and they've left a fund in their will that's, that's to support the arts, and they they usually have a specific purpose. So they'll, for example, they might say, I want to support ballet, or I, might, I want to support people who want to study ballet and come from the northeast. Yes, it can be very, very specific, and you shouldn't even think about applying to one that doesn't... Not on the off chance, guys. That That's just... Don't chance your arm on that. That's not going to work. Um, you know, it's it's yeah. We you know this charity supports you know the children of uh, financial services workers in the northeast of England, uh, and it's that specific. You know, and you're going to need to be able to prove that your parents were in the financial services sector, etc., etc. Don't try and chance that. Uh, having said that, there are also some other charities that are kind of broad open. Mm-hmm. There is a charity register. I, I, I've forgotten the exact name. Like the grants and charities, grants and sub trusts, grant making trust register. You can find it now on online. There is availability. It might feel a bit depressing when you first get there because you know the first few are not describing you, but you should definitely go for it. One of the things I think you need to consider. There is definitely talk still, and it was uh, a lot when I was younger, of like writing to famous actors and and asking them to help you. Um, you know, it's 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 in theory it's a nice idea, and I do know a young man who had all of his drama school paid for by, by the actor Robin Williams. But the only reason that happened is because the two of them got to know each other on a job they were both on. It wasn't just a general punt, and the guy never asked. Robin Williams offered. I think I think those stories are, they, they they sound great, and so that gives us the impression that that, that it's that it's a successful way to go about things. It's not really. No, it's, it's a bit like the stories of saying, "Well, just you know, go on work in that film set as a runner, 
um, you know, fetching coffee and, and running after and people. You'll be and they'll suddenly say, oh my goodness me, why aren't you in front of the camera? And you'll be discovered. Or the great one is... Um, Star Wars he was a carpenter Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford was a carpenter on the Star Wars set ok cool that happens once one in a million times but that's not indicative of the way you should go about it can I can I um, suggest another related topic that that um, gets on my nerves oh please um, it's the it's the cost of auditioning Ah, the cost of auditioning. I mean, this comes up quite a lot, doesn't yeah. it? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's... And the cost of auditioning isn't just the application fee or the audition fee itself. It's also the cost of getting there. So if you live several hundred miles away from the place that you're going to audition in, then the chances are that by the time you've paid your train or your plane fare and then you've got your accommodation, and then you've got your food, and then you've got the actual um, cost of the audition itself, it can be quite an expensive thing. Uh, And it's something that doesn't get talked about enough. There has been uh, some movement on that. There was an interesting thing that came up in the stage, again, um, where some, some... schools have decided to combine a fee um, yeah there's three schools um, Drama Studio London the Alro, the Academy of Live and Recorded Arts and Italia Conte mm-hmm. they've decided and it's, it's very specific this um, that they're going to do a kind of uh, all together one day audition uh, this is specifically targeting people in the Newcastle upon Tyne and Doncaster area uh, of, of Britain uh, up in the, the north of England, or down, as we should say, from here in, in the north of England. Um, and they're doing a combined uh, drama school audition, um, uh, and it's for a flat rate fee of £30. It feels like they're starting to acknowledge that this kind of, what is probably a great money spinner, I don't want to be too cynical or sceptical about it, but if there's 110,000 people applying for you know 550 or 600 700 places and they're all paying around 50 pounds that's a huge amount of money being divvied up between those those schools it is a massive massive mini industry of itself let's let's just be yeah. honest about it um you know I, and I'm sure many of the drama schools say well that money is really important to us because um the fees that we generate from auditions get poured back into the course. Well, great. And it's the same way as we're saying that more than 100% of our students' fees um, for our diploma get spent on diploma. More than 100%. We have to subsidise it. However, I, my answer would be to that principle of that drama school, okay, you say that money goes to it, but, but that the cost of doing it to you is so much less significant yeah. based on what you're offering. So... You know, I think that it's fair enough. They've got staff to pay. They've got heating bills, lighting bills to pay. They've got their lease or their rent to pay on those days that the the school is open. And all those costs should be covered. Absolutely. And if you go to a drama school and you're lucky enough, like I was, to go to E15 and you spend, and I'm sure they still do it this way, you spend half a day there. Um, for, for at least for their BA acting course I think you do um, and, and you think okay well I know where my money has gone yeah. but if you turn up 
you've just travelled and you know you've maybe had to stay in a in a dingy B&B and you get up the next morning and you go to that drama school and you wait in a little cold anteroom with a bunch of other nervous people and then you get called into another room meet a bunch of strangers for four or five minutes who can probably say hello how's it going and then you do your speech and you leave again how does that warrant uh, the audition cost fit yeah, I mean, some of these places, we did some research, some of these places are offering, you know, a talk, a tour. Um, the better ones, I think, are offering a workshop as part of it, so you get a sense of, of, of what that is. Um, and and then, obviously, the panel audition. I, I think uh, East 15 is one of the best examples, I think, where you get a real interaction with several members of staff. They work on the monologues. You might do a voice class and a movement class as well. Yeah, I think you get a real day at the drama school. And I'm, I'm sorry, drama schools, if that's expensive for you to have to do. But those people are paying £55, £60, £70 a head. They, they're entitled to have an experience, aren't they? They're entitled to have an experience, not two or three minutes uh, under pressure. I know. I, I, I mean, you know, if you want to really get me riled up, um, I'm not sure what you're going to learn in, in 10 minutes from people. I mean, sure, you'd probably tell if you like somebody's acting within 15 seconds, but, you know, if you really want to find out about the person, and a person spending £70, £50, £60, I think giving them a day's experience is worth it. I think you owe it to them, actually. Yeah, and I think, I think you're going to attract a better quality of candidate that way. Because if you spend the time letting people get to know you, then they're going to be in a better position to choose whether they want to study with you or not. And that means you get a better candidate, which means you get better results. So everybody wins. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to find out that Manchester's Arden Theatre School has totally dropped their audition fees. Um, uh, I know that one of our former, one of our former graduates has gone on to to train at Arden uh, and is having just an amazing time. Um, and they have made the decision this year um, to remove their forty five pound audition fee. Um, on their four degree programs. I think that's acting, musical theatre, dance and theatre making. I mean, they already have almost £9,000 a year fees uh, for the course. They've decided to reduce the, the barrier. Look, let's be clear, right? There are over 20 of these uh, courses. I think there's 23 or 24 courses like at this level in existence. If you were to audition for... 10 of them um, and you're just talking about the fees we're talking about 500 600 700 pounds that's not, not including travel right not including food then you've got travel then you've got food then you've got accommodation it's nice to see um, that a, a Liverpool based drama school a Liverpool theatre school have also scrapped audition fees or at least plans to I don't know if they have now yeah I think they have uh, they had a £45 fee and they've decided in response to uh, the Labour Party's report on, called Acting Up, uh, which suggested that the cost of applying to drama school was a big barrier stopping working class people entering the profession, um, that, that that would help people through the door. Now, you know, since our course started, Nick, we've not charged nope. a penny. Nope. And we do something rather special here. We actually spend one full hour or as close to as possible the two of us spend one full hour uh, or thereabouts, um, sometimes much more, yep. um, 
chatting with the person, getting to know them, working with them. We want much more of an opportunity to get to know people than just uh, seeing their monologues and sending them out the door. If we're going to invest all of our time and energy into training you and into trying to make you the best person and the best actor that you could possibly be in the 12 months that we have you, we need to know uh, as best we can um, that, that it's going to work. It's a massive investment and commitment on both sides. And likewise, you do too. You need to be able to say, hopefully you've done your research, hopefully you can tell us actually, this is why I want to do this course with you guys, because I've, I've read about it, I know what, what, what I'm committing myself to, um, and, you know, and I've perhaps listened to podcasts, I get a sense of your... No b- and then, great, that means you've done your research and you know what you want, and that's fantastic. Um, it's it's so important to choose to choose where you're going to spend your time and energy carefully. Our students here, some of them arrive at eight thirty in the morning, and they're still here at eight thirty at night. Yeah. Not because we demand it, but because they want to do it. Because it's it's they've only got a year, and they want to milk everything out of it. So yeah. that this this studio has to become a second home to them. Look, it is changing. I know. I was looking at Rada earlier, and I know that they are. Um, they have like a two-tier application uh, fee. So, um, like, if you apply early, um, early enough, you can have it at one rate. And if you apply, uh, what is it? So, like, forty-six pounds yeah. if it's received before a certain date in December, and seventy-six pounds for applications afterwards. Um, now, that very much suits them because they'd rather have all their students by by the end of December than they would. But yeah, um, it encourages them to, to, to be able to sort of plan early, doesn't it? Which absolutely, is, absolutely. Is That's still a lot of money. Um, what I do like is that RADA and other schools are holding their auditions all around the country, mm-hmm. in Dublin, in New York, uh, making it easier for people to audition. That's really good. That's really Although positive. There is a sense that people like feel, oh, well, if I'm not going to the actual place, I'm not right, going to be thought right, of in right. the same way. I'm so glad you said that, because I think that's absolutely true. I think people are like, well, if I'm not going to the actual RADA building, or I'm not going to the Royal Conservatoire's actual home in Glasgow, they probably won't think of me in the same way. I hope that's not true. I don't think it would be. I don't think no, they should bother be. doing this process otherwise. Um, yeah, but you know what? You know what could happen? I mean, if there's 110, you say 110,000 applications? 110,000 applications. They could, they, if they could, they could all make it simpler by having an initial round which is doesn't involve you having to go there. I mean, they, you, you could do like a... It might, this might happen in the future. There might be an initial video audition as a preliminary. And so that the, 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 the next one becomes like a... Uh, the, like in the way the recall system happening, it's happening You're there. so absolutely spot on with this, right? That, that, that absolutely makes sense, Nick. This system needs to become a little bit more organised. Um, it's wonderful that these schools have their own personalities, their own principles, their own way of doing things. But actually, it kind of stuffs the students. Um, the whole point of the UCAS system, uh, it sort of makes simple the application to universities. And UCAS conservatories, or conservatoires, wherever it is, um, 
you know, which is to acknowledge that you want to apply to, to these schools through UCAS, um, should help with that too. But each, in, I mean, let's not get into this right now, but if you're applying for 10 schools, you could be doing upward of seven or eight monologues as well. Mm-hmm. So the sort of systematization, what do I really mean? The kind of, the, the, an agreement among those schools of, of, of a simple... Yeah, because it's the same people. It's the same It's people. the same people going around all these schools, you know. Uh, in a way, that's why you should go, you should apply to as many as you can because it's the same bunch of you that are schlepping from one school to another trying to get in. Um, but because, because it's the same group of people... They could, they could have some kind of better thought out combined process, yeah, yeah. It, you know, particularly with the technology being the way it is. Because let's face it, the first set of the first set of rounds is a filtering process, right? Yes, it is. I mean, it's it's a way of removing those who, at this stage, just will have no chance at all. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, of course, it's it's an aspirational subject. You're going to get people who are just dreamers and, and, and unfortunately haven't achieved a level that they're going to be successful and there needs to be a filtering system. But I'm not sure that that should be at their cost either. Yeah, it doesn't um, seem right. It doesn't seem right or, or fair. And I'm going to draw this to a close. We've tackled three different questions in this particular uh, podcast. We've, we've talked about affording drama school and and the auditions and also a little bit about like well what are you getting for your money um, as part of that audition process this is now the longest podcast officially we've ever uh, done at 33 minutes uh, but we hope you find it useful um, and that and that you have some things to consider when you're making your application for drama school and as usual if you've got any questions or, or, or things that you want to bring up or issues that you would like us to explore um, get in touch yeah drop Hayley an email at hello at actingcoachscotland.co.uk you can speak to us through our website actually you can we've got a live chat feature so if one of us is actually online and logged in while you're there we might even be able to have a chat with you there and then um, Hayley will usually respond real quick if you're you know, messaging her on, on one of her working days. It is worth mentioning as well, of course. Um, it should be obvious to you by now, but if it isn't, uh, if you are applying for drama school and you uh, need extra help, we're here to help you with drama school audition coaching. Yeah, we're um, pretty good at it, actually. Um, we've got good experience of helping people get a place. Uh, we have a lot of uh, of help that we have to offer on on how to prepare those those pesky monologues. Mm-hmm. Uh, both Nick and I both kind of uh, sort of have our own approaches, which are very much combined and related to the contemporary and the classical. Uh, and we do a lot of work via Skype with clients all over the world yep. who are applying for drama school. If you think that would be helpful uh, and you need a bit of help, why not get in touch with us? Um, and uh, see if we can help you improve your chances of getting in. If you'd like to sneak a peek at what's happening behind the scenes of Acting Coach Scotland, you can check out our Instagram page, uh, which is instagram.com slash weareactingcoachscotland. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this podcast, and we'll speak to you next time. See you soon. Bye. <laughs>
You can find Acting Coach Scotland on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at hello underscore ACS, or see behind the scenes of the studio on Instagram at We Are Acting Coach Scotland. Thank you.